You're dang right. This is the turning point of the sports world, and that is, of course, Turning Points. I'm Jake Turner. We are having our first live podcast. There we got tons of guests here. We're going to be putting that into the final product, of course. We had the likes of Chris Clark uh, from Lockdown Chiefs. He joined us. Michelle Bruton from uh, Bleacher Report joined us as well. And we also had some... Uh, we also had Brock Baker, a professional wrestler and veteran of the United States Air Force. He joined us. So we'll have that in our podcast as we continue on here. This is the turning point of the sports world. This is where you're going to get original takes. You're not going to get these ones. You're not going to get these ones that feel like you're, you know, you're following a bunch of sheep here. You're going to get the true story on what has been happening in the sports world from a different point of view. That being said, let's jump into the biggest story that has not even become a story right now. And then it's, of course, Ezekiel Elliott's big-time so-called suspension, as we believe that it is. And I just want to give a lot of props, a lot of props to all the members of the media that really put out that Cracker Jack reporting. Man, I didn't really know about, you know, partying and drugs was, you know, illegal when he was in his 20s. Or, uh, you know, the transcript with his uh, former ex-girlfriend Tiffany. Yeah, I didn't know that one either. You know, the biggest problem with the Ezekiel Elliott story overall is when I hear this sentence, we don't want to talk about it, but we have to. Really? So athletes pretty much hold you at ransom, don't they? They tell you exactly how it's all about, right? They want you to talk about this. No, you're the ones or sitting in your production meetings and going, hey, we got to talk about Ezekiel Elliott. But what about J.J. Watt? No, 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 not J.J. Watt. No, no, not J.J. Watt. We don't need to talk about that. We need to talk about a million-dollar running back who is about to be suspended from the Dallas Cowboys. That's what we need to talk about. Really. In case you forget, everybody, we did have something called Hurricane Harvey. Not to mention, we might have Hurricane Irma about to disrupt the NFL season because there is reports coming out that the Buccaneers and the Dolphins might have to move their game to Thursday night or Friday. And it's possibly going to be more Friday because you're not going to go against the Chiefs in the Patriots game. That being said, though, nobody talked about on sports radio outside of Houston about J.J. Watt for longer than 30 seconds. Nope, it was about Colin Kaepernick. Nope, it was about Ezekiel Elliott. Rinse and repeat. I mean, even that was even bigger stories than college football was. Everybody keeps forgetting about the good stuff, about being human. And that is, of course, what J.J. Watt and the Houston Texans have done. J.J. Watt did this out of the goodness of his own heart. He found a way to use his platform for good and make it $17 million. How about that for a donation? From everybody. He got his platform, he got his fan base to come out and help out. He got the Houston Texan players overall to come out and help him. Because there are people in Houston without homes, without electricity still. Their houses are still underwater. And uh, the funniest thing is, is that I had a friend of mine who I served with, Jerry Kiner. He was out there rescuing people in strangers' boats. But no, we don't want to talk about that. We don't want to talk about the good stuff. we got to talk about Colin Kaepernick, Jake. No, we don't. Why do we have to talk about Colin Kaepernick? We've already talked about Colin Kaepernick. Every single moment, every single minute, every single second for the last six months. Why can't we, for once, talk about good things? 
like J.J. Watt giving time out of his own day? Or how about Dallas Cowboys wide receiver Des Bryant? Now you're asking yourself, wait, what's, what's Des Bryant got to do with this? Well, I'll tell you. He ran his own telethon at AT&T Stadium and got the owner of his Dallas Cowboys to donate a million dollars. He got Dallas Cowboy fans to donate. But nobody wants to talk about that. It wasn't even a story. It was a little video on Facebook. Nope, we got to talk about Colin Kaepernick. We got to talk about Ezekiel Elliott all over again, Jake. We got to talk about that big Alabama-Florida State game. Wait, 30 seconds later, it's back to it's back to it again. It got so bad that this is what it's become nowadays. A wonderful article on ESPN the magazine was in big red letters. This is a marvelous article. Read top to bottom, loved every minute of it. But in big red letters is Aaron Rodgers' take on Colin Kaepernick playing and not playing in the NFL. And that was the big story. They took a blurb in the ESPN Magazine article and blew it up. And calls were coming in. It's these agendas that just get on my nerves. Nobody talked about Watt. No one talked about Bryant. Well, guess what? That's what we talk about here on Turning Points. This is the turning point of the sports world. I'm Jake Turner. So I am going to give props to J.J. Watt. $17 million. Des Bryant. Michael Bennett donated $25,000. Even Hollywood starlets were donating $25,000 to help out Hurricane Harvey victims. And there might actually be more with Hurricane Irma. We are hoping and praying that that does not happen. But this was the biggest disaster in the state of Texas history. And nobody talked about it outside the state of Texas. Nope. Got to talk about Ezekiel, Jake. Got to talk about Colin Kaepernick. No, we don't. No, you don't. You don't have to sit in a production meeting and go, okay, we got to talk about this right here. Why can't we for once show some decency? And we're trying to be an escape from real life, but we're not doing it. I understand you want to bring up political views at times, and that's great and all. But it's kind of funny how everybody keeps forgetting about how Michael Bennett has been doing his protests. Okay? Think about that. Nobody talked about it. Nobody. Nobody. And it was actually probably the smartest thing he ever did because he got white players to talk. Okay? He got white players to come out. He got Chris Long, Jordan Britt out there to put their hand on his shoulder. And Chris Long holding the back of Malcolm Jenkins. Nope. It's all about Kaepernick. Kaepernick, 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 Kaepernick. Even though Michael Bennett did a terrific job. He did a silent protest. He had reasoning. He had facts. He had his points. They were there. Nobody wants to talk about it. All they have to do is say in the production meeting, Kaepernick, Ezekiel Elliott, rinse and repeat, guys. We're going to get tons of phone calls on this. This is why we do not talk about this nonsense. And I refuse to talk any more further about that. I will talk more about what Michael Bennett tried to do. I will talk about more about what J.J. Watt and Des Bryant and the Hollywood Starlets all did. Because we have people without homes right now. And it's sickening to even think that right now. And we might even have more with Hurricane Irma coming in. In the state of Florida. Great. Like they need anything more. 
Leave me your responses at, at Jake Turner Show. That's at Jake Turner Show. Go on Twitter right now and give your take on this. Do you want to hear more stories about good things like J.J. Watt, $17 million, like Des Bryant doing something great, Michael Bennett? I mean, do we want to have more than that than hear about Kaepernick and Ezekiel Elliott for the next hour of your show? I mean, it's kind of ridiculous, to be honest. That being said, that's just a taste of uh, turning points here, where it's the turning point of the sports world. Like I said, uh Because I am so excited for the NFL season. And I believe that in the next year, in our our podcast, our first ever here, Turning Points, Turning Point of the Sports World, we're going to have some fun with this NFL uh, preview coming up. I can't wait. I can't wait for Chiefs and Patriots. I really can't. I think that's going to be a really good football game. I think a lot of people are really forgetting about how great that defense is for the Kansas City Chiefs. And, I mean... I'll just come out right now and say it. I, I do believe the Patriots will win. I think they'll win by a field goal. Koskowski will kick it through, and that'll be it right there. But I believe the Patriots will win that first game uh, coming up here. That being said, like I said, tweet your responses or hit up uh, here on Facebook Live your NFL predictions because that is exactly what we're about to do here. One more thing. If you have not donated to Hurricane Harvey, please do this right now. Go to www.americanredcross.org. And please donate. Or go to J.J. Watt's Twitter page because he has a, a, a box there where you can donate as well. He's done amazing work. And I think that's even going to help out the Houston Texans. I think a lot more than people believe. So enough talk about this. And thank you to so much to everybody out here right now tuning in to the Facebook Live broadcast of Turning Points. Let's get into our NFL blowout. And we're going to start off with the AFC North. And I'm going to start at the bottom of every division and I'm going to work my way up so I'm going to start with the Cleveland Browns Cleveland Browns here now listen to me I do not believe that this is going to be bad football I don't think this is a 1-15 team I think this is actually more of a 5-11 scrappy team because they had a terrific draft getting guys like Miles Garrett in there and then making some really interesting trades because Hugh Jackson knows what he is doing and I'm going to give him that optimism I'm going to give him that idea they did a great job building up that offensive line, getting guys like Kevin Zeitler and J, uh, J.C. Treader in there, and there's a lot of guys in there. And I think that's going to be a really good offensive line as the season goes on. I believe this team is going to get better in the final five games of the season. I'm going to go 5-11 and 11 Browns. I can't wait to see what Deshaun Kaiser can do and see what Sammy Coates coming in from uh, Pittsburgh will do. It's going to be a little, It's going to be a lot of fun to see. A uh, little scrappy fun, low rent entertainment. You know, it's kind of like a red box. You know, you pay a buck at you pay a buck right outside your neighborhood pharmacy, and you, you watch a movie for the night. It's kind of like that. Bengals seven and nine. I don't believe in the Cincinnati Bengals. I believe that Marvin Lewis will finally get the pink slip that he truly deserves. Vontez Perfect is out for three games. This defense is not as good as everybody believes. Everybody was like, "Oh, the Bengals are going to be so good this year." Wake up. Paul Gunther's defense was ranked in the top 25 last year. Top 25. 
Okay, and Andy Dalton is not like the next coming of Ken Anderson here, okay? I understand. You got A.J. Green. He's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. John Ross is already hurt, though. I'm not buying into Tyler, Tyler Boyd yet either, and we don't know how healthy Tyler Eifert will be. So let's remember that. I'm not buying into this defense. I'm not buying into this football team. I think they'll be okay at times, but I just believe they need a new voice. So I'm going to go Bengals 7-9. and nine. Nine and seven Ravens. Joe Flacco's coming back for week one. I'm looking forward to see what the wide receivers can do here. Jeremy Macklin, especially, is going to be stepping up here. The running backs are really interesting. They went and got uh, former Bears running back Jeremy Langford. So maybe John Harbaugh can try and turn strong to gold with that. But that defense is unbelievable. They were ranked seventh last year. They have such a tenacious nastiness with Dean Pius. Um, Defense as well. And I really think Joe Flacco is going to have a great year. So I'm going to go 9-7. Lemon at 5 Steelers. Uh, first off, let's give a round of applause. Mr. Le'Veon Bell is back in. Yeah. Taking a page out of the Brett Favre story. Not showing up until September. However, the difference between Favre and Le'Veon Bell that everybody keeps forgetting is that Brett Favre pretty much just showed up whenever he wanted to because he could. It wasn't because of contracts, and I'm not out there, you know, rapping about making $15 million. I understand he's a terrific football player, terrific football player. However, at the same time, you also have to understand this. He's coming in cold, and he doesn't know the playbook as much as, you know, everybody believes he does, and we don't know what we're going to see out of the Steelers this year. I think they're going to be a terrific offense. I think Le'Veon Bell will rise up when he needs to at times, but I'm just still turned off by it. I mean, I feel like David Johnson is more the anti-Le'Veon Bell. Doesn't get in trouble off the field and does a great job with the ball. I mean, I think they both have similar talents, but if somebody came up to me and said, David Johnson or Le'Veon Bell, I'm taking Johnson every step of the way because that guy is a true team player, not about himself. Jumping to that now. So there you go. Steelers 11-5 on that. AFC East. Oh, boy. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody uh, put on your favorite uh, black suits right now, uh, black dresses, and I want you to mourn the 2017 New York Jets. Let's take a moment. Okay, thank you very much. I believe that team is going to go 1-15. What a disaster this defense, this team is going to be overall. And, you know, it's it's not like Rich Kotite back in the 1995 Jets. It's not like that at all. It's just they have nobody at the quarterback position. And don't come on and tell me about Josh McCown and all. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. He's 37 years old, okay? He doesn't have any receivers to throw to. I mean, they went and got Jermaine Curse in a trade. Oh, whoop-de-doo. Yeah, that's going to really change your fortunes. Defense will be a little bit okay, but they're only going to be okay because they just lost their Pro Bowl defensive player with Sheldon Richardson. Well, that's a big loss right there. And like I said, they got no quarterback. No quarterback, none whatsoever. But Belay Powell will have a good year. And that offensive line, sketchy. Really, really sketchy with that. Buffalo Bills, 6-10. and 10. All right, Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean. Welcome to the Buffalo Bills. Well, that was a fun season, wasn't it? Uh, six and ten Buffalo Bills. How many times are we going to see the Buffalo Bills retool, rebuild, and all this? Can we get something longer than three years, please? Can we actually get a coach in there that's in there for longer than two years? Like I don't know Rex Ryan, which I have no idea why they kept thinking that was a great idea. And another thing with that, 
Also, what is the fascination with Tyron Taylor? I got to ask this question here because when I watch him, I see one thing I like. That's his deep ball. His decisions in the pocket are a disaster. They're such a mess. And then he just kind of does these, and he does a terrible job with the back and shoulder throws. I'm not really sold on him. He doesn't have any receivers out there. And Jordan Matthews can say healthy. Maybe we could have a little conversation here. Running game, I'm not too sure on, to be honest. I don't know what I'm going to expect out of this Buffalo team this year. But I, maybe they'll get better. Maybe Nathan Peterman is the next coming of Jim Kelly. I, I don't know. Does it really matter? Six and ten, Bills. Ten and six, Miami Dolphins. Now, everybody's looking at me going, wait, what? And I said, hear me out here. Now, Jay Cutler is the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. However, when you got guys like Jarvis Landry, who's one of the top ten best receivers in the NFL, and you got a very good offensive line. You got Jay Ajayi. There is no excuse that the Dolphins can't be a top 10 offense, especially with Adam Gates. Keep this also in mind. The best season that Jay Cutler had was underneath offensive coordinator Adam Gase. And Cutler already said, I know the language of Adam Gase's offense because it's the same offense they ran in Chicago. But this time, he actually has talent around him. So let's get the benefit of the doubt. They still have a very good defense. I know Tony Lippett is a big loss, but they did a really good job in the draft here, and I'm really excited to see what they go. 10-6, and six, wild card spot for the Miami Dolphins. Okay, we already saw this movie coming before, all right? So everybody got their popcorn, candy. We already saw the trailers for it. Okay, great. Our feature presentation, the New England Patriots are going to win the division. So let's uh, crown them right now. Crown them right now, AFC East Division champions, New England Patriots. Brandon Cook, Stephen Gilmore, Deion Lewis, which I really think is going to be a pretty good running back this year. James White is also going to step his game up. But this is one thing we know about the Patriots. Substance over style. They know what they are doing. Every single time they know exactly what kind of plans to do. They know exactly how to win football games. And Tom Brady is without question, if you had to go 1A and 1B, it's Tom Brady, 1A, Tom, and uh, 1B, Joe Montana. But in my opinion, I always say number one is going to be Joe Montana. Always, always the best quarterback, in my opinion, of all time. But with Tom Brady right now, the best quarterback in the NFL. Read my lips. The best quarterback in the NFL is Tom Brady, not Aaron Rodgers. And I'll get to that. But I believe that the Patriots will go 13-3. and And welcome back, my evil twin brother, of course, Rob Gronkowski. So we'll be looking forward to that. You're listening to Turning Points here. I'm Jake Turner. This is the turning point of the sports world. This is takes that you will not see coming from anybody across this country. This is completely different. Don't forget, tune in to our podcast later tonight where we have interviews with Michelle Bruton from uh, Bleacher Report. We had Brock Baker on, a professional wrestler and veteran of the United States Air Force, was on here too. And then Chris Clark, uh, Locked on Chiefs podcast. So let's jump to the AFC South. Last place, Indianapolis Colts. Look, Chuck Pagano has to go. They have no running game. I don't care if you went and got Matt Jones. Would you like a medal for that? We don't know how long Andrew Luck is going to be out. He finally got activated off the PUP list. How good is Scott Tolzien going to be? Seriously, and Jacoby Brissett. Let me break this down for you. Chris Ballard, you came from a very good front office with the Kansas City Chiefs. Why did you go into a conversation with Bill Belichick? Why? 
Why? There was something wrong there. And then everybody's like crowning him and say, oh, he had four touchdowns in the fourth preseason game. Jacoby Brissett, I, I don't care. You could get a guy off the stands right now in the fourth preseason game and actually get him to throw three touchdowns. Seriously, the fourth preseason game is the worst preseason game of the entire preseason. Seriously, if you are looking at that as an idea, then you're not watching football. Really not. I don't think the defense is going to be good. I think Chuck Pagano's on his way out, and they'll find somebody else coming up in 2018. Andrew Luck, I really hope you get back. It'd be nice if you actually threw a football. Jaguars 7-9. Boy, I think I'm being really, really generous to the Jaguars, but they did have a very good defense last year, and I think they'll even get better with it. Papas Lesney is a terrific middle linebacker, very good captain, and that's a guy that they need. Doug Marone is a solid coach, and Tom Coughlin's running the house in Jacksonville. Now, my biggest question mark is Blake Bortles. Mr. Bortles, you had 35 touchdowns and 18 interceptions a couple years ago. Last year, you were 23 touchdowns and 16 interceptions. Now, Gus Bradley was your coach. Doug Barone doesn't really believe in you that much. You better sip up your game or they're going to go get somebody next year. Somebody far better than you. So he better knock off this nonsense, this drama queen stuff that looks like something out of Melrose Place. Seriously, stop listening to Aaron Spelling about your NFL uh, future and start listening to yourself and wake up. You have Alan Hearns, Alan Robinson. You have a good running game. You got a solid offensive line and you can't win a game. Wake up, Blake. Seven and nine Jaguars. I think I'm being too kind. Ten and six Tennessee Titans. I am in love with the Tennessee Titans right now. I think general manager John Robinson's done a terrific job at this team. They went and got Eric Decker, Rashard Matthews coming off a nine-touchdown year. Marcus Mariota has not thrown over 10 interceptions in his career so far. Watch out for the Titans and keep this also in mind. Newsflash, Pittsburgh Steelers are still missing the great defensive coordinator Dick LeBeau. Ask about how their defense is looking this year. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm really excited to see what the Titans take another step forward. And then maybe next year they could try and cross over the 11-5 Houston Texans. Look, I understand Tom Savage is the quarterback, but I want you to think about this for a moment. Hurricane Harvey. Let's go back to Hurricane Katrina with the New Orleans Saints. How did the Saints do in 2006? Which the NFC Championship game lost to the Chicago Bears. You don't think that this is going to be motivation? This is going to be inspiration for a city? I really do believe the Houston Texans will win another division title in the AFC South. They have J.J. Watt coming back. And also keep this in mind. The guy has 76 and a half sacks in his career. You don't think he's going to come out and break out with 20 sacks this year? Come on now. And DeAndre Hopkins getting that $81 million extension clearly shows he's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. I think Tom Savage is going to be okay for a while. Maybe Deshaun Watson might have a chance, but from what I saw in the preseason, I feel like he's just too raw right now, and he needs a year under his belt holding a clipboard. But I'm going to go Houston, Texas. They have the best defense in the NFL. I think that's going to clearly stand. 11-5, Houston, Texans.
And now it's time to go to the AFC West, and I couldn't start this thing off any more beautiful than what I'm about to do here, as I'm about to bring on one of the biggest Chief fans ever, also host of Locked On Chiefs podcast and staff writer for Arrowhead Attic, Chris Clark is on the show. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's a great pleasure for you to be on this show. How's your Labor Day weekend going? Uh, not too bad. Just uh, had a couple meetings yesterday, but getting through cuts was very interesting yesterday. All right, so let's jump into the Chiefs here. It's been a really interesting offseason. Uh, the preseason has been interesting as well. Uh, the biggest story was Patrick Mahomes, of course, quarterback out of Texas Tech. How much potential did Mahomes show as the possible successor to Alex Smith? I don't know how you quantify what he showed. Uh, he looked spectacular in multiple situations in multiple games. Uh, he had some throws that I haven't seen a Chiefs quarterback ever make. Um, so it's very encouraging for Chiefs fans to see a player of his caliber at the quarterback position, uh, you know, just learning behind Alex Smith right now, because I do think there's a lot that he needs to still learn to be ready to play in this league. There's been a lot of NFL quarterbacks that have, you know, been related to Patrick Mahomes, but one person brought up Brett Favre. I kind of thought they were kind of out of their mind, but he does have similar qualities to Brett Favre's techniques, doesn't he? Yeah, and he will put the ball in harm's way a couple of times, but he will also uh, improvise and make plays that I remember far from making those types of same plays every once in a while. So, I mean, I definitely see the uh, reason that they say that, but, you know, I don't look at him as a Brett Favre. I look at him as, a, as his own quarterback, and I think that he's going to show that, you know, Favre turned the ball over a lot. I don't know that Patrick Mahomes will. Uh, he made his first couple seasons as he's trying to get used to um, the NFL, but I don't think he will overall uh, once he gets settled in. One thing that was coming out of uh, Texas Tech was from scouts was his footwork. But what I saw in the preseason, I saw some serious improvement in his footwork. How much credit is that to Andy Reid? I think it's a huge credit to Andy Reid and also to Matt Nagy and the QB coach. Uh, he also had Michael Vick helping him in training camp. So that helps as well. Um, he's got a lot of people that are there to help him and help him succeed. I think his footwork is still not very good, but he does so many things that other QBs can't because of his arm and because of his ability to improvise and see the whole field. And that's what's really impressed me about him is he's always looking downfield. Talking to Chris Clark, host of Lockdown Chiefs podcast, a staff writer for Arrowhead Addict. And uh, with that, now, I'm really glad that you said that about Patrick Mahomes because I, I get tired when I hear, you know, certain NFL quarterbacks being related to him. I think that's kind of ridiculous. So I'm really glad that uh, to hear that. Let's jump to the running game here with Spencer Ware now being sidelined. Uh, very terrible news. Who's going to step up in the running game now? Well, Kareem Hunt is the starter, uh, and they only kept Kendrick West as the other running back on their team. Uh, I think that they do make a move before the season starts and they will have a third running back. I'm not sure if it'll be today or if it'll be in the coming days. Uh, but, you know, Kareem Hunt has shown a lot of ability and he's shown great uh, balance and ability to, to not to go down with the first contact. So I think Kansas City is going to have something to Kareem Hunt. It's not the situation they wanted and I get that, but, you know, the rookie is going to be playing and he's going to get experience and he'll be, I think he'll be pretty good this year. This offensive line has had questions a lot also during the preseason. You saw Ja Reed get released uh, in the final cut day on Saturday. 
What is going through the minds right now, Chief fans, with this offensive line? Honestly, I think they're pretty comfortable with it. You've got four guys that are entrenched at starters, but I think they're going to be a pretty good line. The question is, is left guard going to stay up to stuff with the rest of the line? I think, you know, between Eric Fisher and Mitch Morse, uh, he's going to have some help at left guard. And, you know, is it going to be Brian Witzman the whole year? It could be. Is it going to be Parker Eyinger, who's coming back from injury? Uh, that's certainly possible as well. I think the offensive line overall is going to be very good. LDT has, or Laurent Duvernay-Tardif has really proved uh, that he is a very good guard in the NFL, and Mitchell Schwartz can't be beat on the right side either. So I think they're going to be a lot better, and they allowed the least pressures in the NFL last season. So we're tied the Raiders for the least pressures in the NFL last season. So when it comes to quarterbacks, I think that's really going to help. With John Dorsey being out and Brett uh, Veach in now as general manager, co-director of player personnel before then, what um, what have you been thinking about Veach's job so far? Do you think Dorsey got uh, fired unfairly? I mean, what was going on here during this whole thing? Well, we actually had uh, a couple of people talk about that on our show, and one of the things is, you know, Dorsey really messed up the salary cap in multiple years. Um, you know, the Chiefs have had close to $10 million in dead money every year uh, since Dorsey's been here, except for maybe the first year. Uh, and that really hurts you, especially when you start to get to where you're contending and you have a good roster. Um, you know, right now they have, as of this morning, according to the NFLPA site, they have a, just over $10 million in cap space. I believe that Jeremy Macklin was supposed to be $10 million in cap space this year. So basically they'd be a... They'd be over the cap right now if they still had Backlund. Uh, yeah, they could have made other moves, and, and there's ways to get under. Uh, but the problem was is he just didn't get guys signed uh, when he should have signed them. I mean, you know, Eric Berry and Justin Houston probably should have signed deals the year before they did, and it really cost Kansas City. I think that's really what you're seeing uh, that cost him his job. And, you know, as far as the job Brett Beach has done, I think he's done a great job. Uh, you know, you look at... Uh, it, the trade for Reggie Ragland, I mean, that's a position Kansas City hasn't had to build for. Love that move. And, and it could be, you know, a couple of weeks or even a couple of months. But I don't really care. Even if Ragland can't play and isn't healthy at all this season, giving up a fifth-round pick for somebody like him that can come in and be your thumper, uh, I still think he's going to play this year. But even if he doesn't, I still think that's a great move. Uh, he was a fantastic defensive player at Alabama, and he just didn't fit the scheme in Buffalo. What AFC West team do you think is going to be the biggest headache? Oakland, without a doubt. Okay. And, you know, I look at I look at Denver, and I don't think they have a quarterback situation. I mean, it's bad enough in Denver that they have to go back and resign Brock Osweiler. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so that's an issue for them. And then you have, you know, San Diego, and San Diego can't stay healthy. I mean, if you can get a, a full season out of Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, a wide receiver, I'd be shocked. Uh, and their offensive line is already hurt. I mean, they lost their second-round pick already for the year. I just can't see San Diego making it, and, and they have a severe issue with injuries that they need to get figured out because it's much more than just being snake-bitten. I think it's something to do with their strength and conditioning staff because you can't suffer that many injuries, and it'd just be a freak thing. Yeah, that's... Or, or they're drafting the wrong people, and they're not trusting the medicals. 
Yeah, it's a pretty interesting story with the Chargers, and I absolutely agree with the Broncos. I mean, my goodness, they went and got Brock Osweiler to come back. Now you got Trevor Simeon, you got Paxton Lynch out for six weeks. Yeah, it, it's a problem right now in Denver, but I know for a fact because one of the greatest rivalries that nobody talks about is the Chiefs and the Raiders. I mean, you're hearing about it, Raiders, 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 going to the Super Bowl, all this stuff. It's just got to get on your nerves. So how did the Chiefs surprise the NFL and reach the Super Bowl? Well, the first thing you're going to have to do is you're going to have to get Alex Smith to play a little bit more aggressive than he has in the past. Um, I, I do think that he's a good quarterback. I just think that he basically goes into a shell at certain times, and that's what you can't have at that position. Uh, you cannot have somebody that's not willing to take those shots and... You know, he's been shown that the guy behind him is going to take those shots, so maybe it's something that's going to push him more. I'm not sure, but the biggest thing Kansas City needs right now to reach the Super Bowl is Alex Smith to step up and and hit a new level that he's never hit before. All right, final question. What record will the 2017 Kansas City Chiefs have? I'd say 11-5. and five. I, I would like to say it'd be better than that, but with the schedule they have, 11-5 and five would be a very good record. And I don't think that Oakland is going to do is going to go thirteen and three this year. They're going to have a much tougher schedule than they had last year. And I still think they lose both times to Kansas City because Kansas City has Derek Carr's number. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, I remember that game at Arrowhead Stadium. That was that was awesome to watch uh, with that. And uh, I think you're absolutely right. They do have Derek Carr's number, and that's one thing that the Raiders don't have that the Chiefs do. And that is a strong defense. Chris Clark, host of. Lockdown Chiefs podcast, staff writer for Arrowhead Addict. Thank you so much for coming on the show, and good luck to the Chiefs this year. Thank you very much for having me. Let's jump to the AFC West. Now remember, tweet your responses at at Jay Turner Show or give me your take on the bottom line of this Facebook Live video. This is Turning Points. I'm Jake Turner, the turning point of the sports world. Keep in mind, we'll have some great guests uh, later on. Let's jump to the AFC West. Oh, boy, this is, in my opinion, the AFC West is the most Watched division in the AFC. I really think that when it comes to these four teams, everybody's going to be watching. I'm going to go. You think I'm lying here? And I'm going to go the Broncos six and ten. Okay. I understand their defense is still really good, but they're missing one huge component, and that's Wade Phillips. I don't know what Vance Joseph's going to do. I have. I really don't have much confidence in him right now. He's a rookie coach. It's going to take time. He doesn't have a quarterback right now. I mean, yeah, Trevor Simeon, you know, 18 touchdowns last year. whoop de doo Here, here's one clap for you. Okay, great. But the Broncos running game is still in shambles. I don't know what to believe out of C.J. Anderson. Uh, their offensive line is still a wreck right now. I like their defense, but I don't love it. And I think I'm going to remind you folks right now of this. I think T.J. Ward being cut by the Denver Broncos was one of the dumbest things I've seen in the offseason. I really think T.J. Ward is going to be a big loss for that secondary for the Denver Broncos. Six and ten. Eight and eight. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome your Los Angeles Chargers. Boy, that sounds stupid. But I still believe the Chargers will be an eight and eight ball club. Gus Bradley's coming over. He's a very good defensive coordinator. I believe he'll make it even better. But I'm... What, what was Dean Spanos thinking on this? I, I have to say this. What was he thinking? Los Angeles? Really? Playing in a soccer stadium? I... Not a loss of words. But they got really good talent. They got guys like Dontrell Inman and Keenan Allen coming back. Hopefully he can stay healthy. 
decent offensive line. I'm really looking forward to that defense, though. I really want to see what Gus Bradley can do, try and make this team for 29th, maybe to 15th at the end of the year. I think they're going to be a fun team to watch, though, at times. I'm just going to still wonder to myself why they're in a soccer stadium waiting for this so-called stadium in 2021 in Inglewood. Still one of the dumbest things I've heard. Wild card number two is going to go to the Kansas City Chiefs. I like Alex Smith. I think the running game will be okay. I think they did a good job drafting. I'm looking forward to see what Kareem Hunt can do and Charkandrick West, who's had experience with that before. Solid offensive line. Looking forward to see what Tyree Kill can do. Versatility is all over the map with him. And I really want to see what they can do with him. Uh, The defense is still going to be rock solid. I just feel like right now, I mean, I feel like they'll get to 11 wins only because they could beat the Raiders. As Chris Clark said to me on his Lockdown Chiefs podcast, he said that the Chiefs had Derek Carr's number. I couldn't agree more. I saw it on Thursday Night Football in the cold air of Kansas City last year. I really believe the Chiefs will be 11-5. 12-4, Oakland Raiders. I'm really high on the Raiders this year. I understand their defense is very young. I get it. I understand it. But Ken Norton's running things there. I think their defense will take a step forward. They still have one of the best linebackers in the NFL, Khalil Mack. They still have Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree. And keep this also in mind, they have a two tight end package with Lee Smith and Jared Cook. If Jared Cook can stay healthy, watch out. You thought it was a great year for Derek Carr last year. If he could stay healthy behind that offensive line, it's going to be a lot of fun. And also, I want to see what Marshawn Lynch can do. Does he have enough left in the tank? And DeAndre Washington and Jalen Richard, are you going to step up your game as well? The Raiders are going to be must-see TV. It just wonders how long until we change the channel. I'm going to go 12-4 and four Raiders, and we'll move on from there. So that's my AFC picks right now here on our 2017 NFL Blah. Right here on Turning Points, I'm Jake Turner, the turning point of the sports world. Let's go. We'll get back to our uh, 2017 NFL blowout in just a moment here with the NFC North. But joining us on the line right now is Packers and NFL writer for Bleacher Report and Cheesehead TV. And she is Michelle Bruton. And Michelle, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good, Michelle. Thank you very much for taking time out of your Labor Day to join us here on Turning Points. And Michelle, I was wondering if you could tell me right off the bat here, some big news came in uh, today with the Green Bay Packers signing Lane Taylor to a three-year deal. How big of a deal was this for the Packers to get done? You know, it's funny because Lane Taylor is a player that when he was forced to come in, people weren't very happy with the product he put on the field. (laughs) And um, certainly, yes. And, um, you know, certainly I don't think people a year or so ago would have expected that Lane Taylor was going to be getting pretty close to the same money that TJ Lane got back in 2012. Um, Taylor's extension is for $5.5 million. Um, he can earn a little bit more in incentives. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's pretty similar to what TJ Lane got back in 2012. The difference now, um, Ryan Wood actually of the Press Gazette had a great tweet about this earlier. The NFL cap is almost 50 million more now. So 
I wouldn't go so far as to say that the Packers value Lane Taylor's contributions as much as they valued Lang's when they gave him that deal. But I do think it's fair to say that Taylor has proven that he can be a starting caliber guard in the NFL. Um, the Packers obviously aren't quite back where they were where they had arguably the best guard duo in the league with Sitton and Lang. Mm -hmm. Um, But it shouldn't be a negative for them. You know, it shouldn't be a problem. And so that's exactly where they want to be. Very good that they got this done before the year started. Absolutely. And then another big signing happened uh, last week here. Ahmad Brooks, a highly talented player that came from the Niners, uh, averaged six sacks a year last couple of years. How big of a move was this for the Packers to get done on defense, especially with the issues they had last year? Yeah, so the funny thing about Brooks is that, um, you know, I actually was just on a podcast last week, and talking about Brooks Mm -hmm. then is totally different than talking about Brooks now because they've done so much to that position group. You know, they traded Jaron Elliott, they got Brooks, and they got Chris Odom from the Falcons. So it's really a pretty different looking group now, even than it was a week ago. Um, I think a lot of people were sort of wanting to hail Brooks as a savior, as someone who's going to be the difference maker. And I don't necessarily want to go there yet. I mean, look, he's, he's definitely a solid player. Um, It's really similar in my mind to when they signed Julius Peppers. I think he can do the same kind of thing that Julius Peppers did for them. I know that, Um, Dom Capers is going to want to use Brooks in that kind of elephant role. Um, I love what Brooks had to say. He was talking to the Packers media in the locker room and he said, um, you know, it's really not that hard to rush the passer. You just line up and go. And I think that while, you know, maybe that's a little bit of relief. (laughs) I wasn't expecting that. It might be a little bit. Yeah. And it might be a little bit, obviously, overly simplistic, but I do, I love his attitude of like, he comes from that, you know, Vic Fangio obviously is with the Bears now, but back when he was in San Francisco, he really set the tone for that to be a mean, nasty defense. And I think that's really what the Packers have been missing, especially up front, is they just aren't nasty. I mean, Mike Daniels is, that's about it. I think you really need someone else in that locker room who can kind of take that tone and who can set that example on the field. And so... If they can look for books get six acts this year, as he has pretty consistently um, throughout his whole career, that would be great. Um, but in addition to what he'll bring on the stat sheet, I just love that attitude he's bringing into the group. Talking to Michelle Bruton of uh, Packers, an NFL writer for Bleacher Report and Cheesehead TV on uh, Turning Points here. I'm Jake Turner. Michelle, let's jump into the elephant in the room. And that is, of course, the secondary. A lot of guys on here, a lot of them. A lot of uh, impressions were taken uh, during the preseason. Uh, how much time is Kevin King going to have, the second-round second player out of Washington, on this secondary? So uh, the way that I kind of see things breaking down right now is I'm pretty sure that Devon House and Demarius Randall are kind of going to be your starting perimeter cornerbacks. Okay. Um, and then you've got Quinton Rollins in the slot. And I think that for right now, Kevin King and Ladarius Gunter and Lindsey Pipkins, who yeah. made the roster as an undrafted free agent, which is great. We all saw him have a great camp and a great preseason. Um, but I'm pretty sure that King's probably going to be kind of behind Devon House um, on that left side over there. And so that's good because he really doesn't have to do too much this year. 
knock on wood, unless there are some injuries, as we certainly saw happen to this position group last year. Um, The good news is King was back at practice today. He had a groin injury that was keeping him out. Um, We also saw him have that great play in the Broncos game later in the preseason um, where he saved that would-be touchdown in the end zone. And so, you know, I think it was a little bit of a rough preseason for him overall. Um, But I'm happy that he's not going to be in a position to have to go out there and start right away. Um, In that sense, I think he'll get the time he needs to develop into the player that hopefully can then take over a starting role in a couple of years. That's exactly what was the problem last year was the development. It was just way too fast paced and they just need to take some time out of that. And what we're seeing differently out of this squad is definitely that we have a lot more depth on this defense. I mean, do you agree? Absolutely. Um, And again, you can never plan for injuries and they certainly seem to hit the Packers (laughs) harder than a lot of other teams. (laughs) Yeah. Knock on wood. Um, But just thinking about the perspective depth chart now that we know what the roster Mm -hmm. looks like, I do feel really good that no one is really in a position where he has to go in and contribute sort of beyond his level. Um, You know, even Kenny Clark has had some experience now. Um, Jake Ryan and Blake Martinez are experienced on the inside. Um, You really don't have any rookies who are being asked to come in. And probably I would say... And I don't want to, you know, get off the topic of the secondary if you weren't ready to jump, but probably the person who's the least experienced at his position is going to be Ty Montgomery at running back. Um, But other than that, I think everyone's played their position for a while and um, is going to look pretty comfortable. Michelle, let's go to the running backs for a minute. They kept all of their draft picks that they chose, Aaron Jones, Devontae Mays, and of course, Jamal Williams. What running back out of those three is going to be a good is going to be a good combo with Ty Montgomery in the backfield. Yeah, so obviously Ty Montgomery I think is is ready to kind of mm-hmm. handle that lead role, but I do think that Mike McCarthy had been hopeful that one of those three players you mentioned would kind of prove in the preseason that he could be that third down back that the Packers needed um to give you know, sort of like what James Starks provided. I don't think that any of the three of them really flashed the way that the Packers might have hoped, um, which is a little bit disappointing, um, only given that they did keep all three of them. So you'd certainly hope that, you know, one of them can can step up. Um, that being said, I feel pretty good that Jamal Williams is probably going to be that player for them. Um you know, I think he can come in on third down, but I think he could also, you know, because the Packers, what they used to do a lot was they would, you know, have Eddie Lacy play a series and then have James Starks play a series in addition to just switching them out on mm-hmm. third down. Sometimes they would switch them out each series. And so I think that Jamal Williams could potentially handle that duty if asked, um, but certainly he can be someone who can come in and spell <laughs> Montgomery on those third downs. I like that. I like that. Let's jump to the NFC North, the rest of it here for a moment. Just, you know, just a quick minute on each of them here. What are you getting from the Minnesota Vikings this year? Offensive line, they made some moves during the offseason. It doesn't look any better, though. But do you think Sam Bradford's going to take a step forward? Or do you think this is Dalvin Cook's team going forward? I mean, what, what are they trying to do in Minnesota? Because it just looks really strange to me on offense. 
Yeah, you know, it's funny because I think the Vikings have had a pretty underrated defense the last couple of years. um, And that was a really, really big strength. Um, But yeah, on offense, it is a little bit of a tricky situation, Um, mostly the offensive line. I think they've only got one starter coming back, Joe Berger. Right. And I think all of the rest of them are all going to be new additions. Mm -hmm. And so... That's going to be, I think, a little bit strange. Um, but they have some secret weapons that I really like. Um, I like Stefan Diggs a lot. I really like That's Adam Thielen. I think he's a really sneaky. Yeah, he's a real sneaky yes. weapon. Um, and the thing about Sam Bradford is when he's healthy, he can play. Mm-hmm. And I think that he's basically been written off at this point in his career. Not unfairly. Um, but if you can keep him healthy for 16 games, I think... You know, he has that arm. He has the ability to read through his progressions. He's poised in the pocket. Um, So I think that if those weapons we talked about can develop, um, the Vikings could actually be a little bit of the thorn in the Packers' side, just also given that they do have that strong defense, probably maybe the second strongest team in the NFC North. I couldn't agree more. I think that is pretty much Clearly, the be- that is a Super Bowl caliber style defense. I mean, they made some good signings over the offseason, and that was something they definitely needed. What are you seeing from the Lions, though? Uh, Matthew Stafford getting his $135 million extension, but the defense didn't improve, though, did it? No, and that's the thing with the Lions is that their defense was their bread and butter for so long, and it's just sort of steadily been on the decline, and yet you know, Stafford's not getting any younger. They lost Calvin mm-hmm. Johnson. Um, and so I think that it's going to be kind of a down year for the Lions. Um, you know, I, I don't think that that defense is going to be able to contain some of what you've got going on in the NFC if it has to match up against the Falcons offense, the Packers offense, the Seattle offense. Um, yeah, I, I don't think. And it's it's sort of, I mean, stepping outside of, the Packers, you know, lens, it's sort of unfortunate for Stafford because he's so talented and you just, you sort of seem to realize that they might never go all the way with him, which is a little bit disappointing for him. Yeah, it's more on the head coaching side, though, with uh, Jim Caldwell. That looks like a demented version of RoboCop, I'd have to say, but... Chicago Bears, when are we going to see Mitchell Trubisky? Is it better to have him sooner or later in the season? Ooh. What could be a good stepping stone for the Bears? Sorry, I just um, played something really loud and scared myself. I, um, <laughs> so we actually... It was the podcast, for I get it. Yeah, for those who don't know, I'm based in Chicago, and so my office um, kind of has a pool going right now as to when we're going to see Trubisky <laughs> take the field for the first time. And... You know, most of us are before the bye week, week mm-hmm. three, maybe. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be long. You know, obviously, he didn't do much in the fourth preseason game. You kind of have to wipe that from your memory. But, you know, on the one hand, you want a situation like Philip Rivers or Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, where you can sit for at least a year and absorb and yeah. learn and perfect your technique at the same time. If you've got someone like Trubisky who's just looking great and if Glennon struggles even at all, you know that they're 
you know, the Bears front office is just going to get lambasted with criticism for not playing him. And so it, it's kind of a lose-lose situation for them. But at the end of the day, I think Glennon is kind of a known commodity at this point. And I think Trubisky's ceiling is sky high, at least right now. Um, and I think certainly before the bye week, we're going to see him get out there. Final question. Do you see the Packers in the Super Bowl this year? <sighs> it's so tricky. So as far as I was willing to go uh, on a recent podcast I was on, I said mm-hmm. I at least saw them in the NFC Championship game. I think they'll m- match up with Atlanta and get all the way there. Do they win that game? I don't know. It's so hard to know how this defense is going to mesh. It's so hard to know what Martellus Bennett's going to look like, what Lance Kendricks is going to look like, what Ty Montgomery's going to look like. On the other hand, we've seen Ted Thompson kind of go hog wild in free agency for the first time really in his tenure. And it kind of feels like if they're not going to make it this year, are they ever going to make it with Aaron? You know, I think it's, it's kind of now or never. So I'll say, I'll say yes. You know what? I'll be bold. I'll say yes. They're going all the way. Yeah, I got, I got a little bold on my Super Bowl pick here, but I, unfortunately it does not have the Packers because just like you, it's kind of a wait-and-see approach. I believe that they have a lot to prove, and they just they need to prove everybody wrong here. I want to be proven wrong. I want to see the Packers in the Super Bowl, but I guess we'll, we'll find out as we go along here. Michelle, you've been fantastic, and uh, thank you so much for coming on. That was Michelle Bruton, Packers and NFL writer for Bleacher Report and Cheesehead TV. She's also fantastic to follow on Twitter. Please tell my audience uh, where they can find you on Twitter, Michelle. Yeah, so I'm on Twitter at Michelle underscore NFL. And thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. All right. Thank you so much, Michelle. And go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. All right. Bye-bye. Welcome you back to Turning Points. I'm Jake Turner, and uh, we have a lot to get into here. Of course, we're jumping through the NFC East, but I really felt like with the NFC East, we needed to get a guy truly passionate, going for dreams that are similar to mine. Out of Houston, Texas, he is custom-made, custom-paid, and custom-fitted. He is a professional wrestler and veteran of the United States Air Force. Brock Baker is on the line. Brock, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you very much for taking time. I know a lot of things are happening in Houston right now. Uh, with with uh, J.J. Watt, uh, you know, getting over $17 million, having the Houston Texans uh, help him out with all of this, uh, you're in this right now. What has been the feeling in Houston? How is the continued cleanup going right now? Uh, the cleanup's going well. It's going to take, take a little while, probably half a year of medicine. I think mainly people are just kind of startled and kind of like shell-shocked a little bit. Supposedly it's, this is worse than Hurricane Katrina. So I do know it's a disaster in the history of the country. So we're just uh, we're doing what we can, you know, make do with what we got. Well, our hearts and prayers go out to the city of Houston as a whole and the families and, of course, you. Let's uh, Now, let's jump into some... Uh, great stuff here, which is, of course, uh, football is back in session on Thursday, Chiefs-Patriots. But you are a gigantic Cowboys fan, and I want to know right now, what are the strengths to the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, 
Uh, I mean, obviously you have the running game. That I think that's you know that's, goes without saying. That's you know that's uh, their bread and butter. Uh, without Elliott playing, you know we'll see how it, we'll see how it plays out. But I think fine with Derek Madden or Alfred Morris, and I've actually heard some good things about Rod Smith. So you know, I think obviously you're not going to get you know. Uh, you're not going to get the same type of production without the Zeke Elliott being on the field, but they're going to do. They're still going to be able to run the ball and do enough to open it up for Dak Prescott on the offense. Uh, now the defense is probably my biggest question, my biggest concern. But you know, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. I'm just everything. Just every year ends. I don't know why the national uh, the national media is freaking out about the Dallas Cowboys. So uh, I think the running game uh, that's Obviously, going to be a strength. I think that that Prescott is going to shock us. Which is why I think that you know everyone's got it written out, no doubt already. But he's going to have a sophomore slump. I just don't see that. Even as Ezekiel Elliott is suspended all six games, I just don't see that. Yeah, I don't see it either. I think Dak Prescott is still going to be one of the top five best quarterbacks in the NFL this year once again. And you talk about uh, with the defense here, they went and got uh, Packers linebacker Jerome Elliott. You've been having issues off the field. What are guys like Jerome Elliott and the rookie out of Michigan, Taco Charlton, going to do to bring to the Cowboys with Rod Marinelli? You know, I think that's a big question, Mark. Uh, Jake, I, don't, I really... Can't expect too much out of a rookie uh, pass rusher. And, you know, Tarko Tar- Tar- Charlton. He, he had his best. He had his best days at Michigan. Actually, you know, playing more in the middle. I don't know what he's going to do on the outside as a rookie. He's a smaller defensive end. So you know, I don't know how much they're going to really bring to the table. To be honest with you, I think Vincent. Uh, I always mess up his last name. Vincent Mayola. Mayola. I can't ever pronounce his last name. You know who I'm speaking of? Yeah, Benson Mayola. Yeah, I think he's actually their best option at defensive end. At least still David Irving's uh, suspension is up. So, you know, and, and, and with, even with him, you know, I, I think he's kind of like a C-minus player at best, you know. So I think the pass rush is still going to be an issue, but you never know. Maybe maybe, maybe something can be done where Ron Marinelli can spark this um, start seven so they can get some pressure on quarterbacks because, you know, it's just, it's literally an every year ordeal with the Dallas Cowboys that they cannot figure out how to rush. Another thing, too, another alarming thing, in my opinion, is the secondary. I mean, this is a secondary that watched guys like Barry Church, J.J. Wilcox. Wilcox is now on another team, I might add. But your depth right now at at, uh, secondary is really, really thin. And how can guys like Anthony Brown step up in a very short time window? Well, you know, I think that many analysts, I think that they're, that, I mean, I understand because you, you are adding basically essentially an entirely new secondary uh, in the matter of one offseason. So I get it, but I think that I think that people forget, they tend to forget that the Dallas Cowboys secondary has not really been much of anything for the last Agreed. Four, you know, four to five seasons. So, I mean, yes, you lost both Claiborne, you lost Barry Church, you know, and I would argue that's probably their most significant loss. On and you lose a guy like J.J. Wilcox, he flies to the floor. He gets 110% effort every time he's on the field. And then uh, you lose a guy like um, Brandon Carr, you know, uh, a staple in the Dallas community and, and a, you know, a leader on that team. So, yes, you, you did lose a, a few guys, but, I mean, none of them 
were elite or even just below elite level players in the secondary. So I think, you know, they, they went out, they, you know, they've got a few rookies they are going to be expected to step up from day one. And I think that you as well as myself and the rest of the country might actually be kind of surprised by uh, the quality of play that you'll get out of these rookies. I'm not sure. As far as depth goes, you're absolutely correct. They don't have a lot of depth right now. But, you know, I think, you know, this is, Every team deals with depth issues. It's it's every single team, even the New England Patriots. Oh, yeah. They're going to continuously change over the next few weeks. So you never know who they're going to add, who they're going to go out and get. I think that they'll, they'll figure it out. But, yeah, you know, I, I think Jeff Keefe is going to have to step up. Orlando Skander's going to have to find a way to play at the level he was playing, you know, two or three seasons ago. I about not correct. And, uh, you know, they're going to have to leave that secondary. Now that it's pretty much his secondary, because I'd argue it's his secondary over Orlando Scandrick's. Let's jump. No, no, you're good. You're good. Uh, we're talking to Brock Baker. He's a professional wrestler and veteran of the United States Air Force out of uh, Houston, Texas. Custom made, custom paid, and custom fitted. Uh, talking about here uh, to the NFC East, and we already know. I've talked to you many times. We get in arguments about this, but, man, you can't stand the teams of the NFC East. But I have to ask you this question. What NFC East team is going to be the most I guess you could say as a contender against the Cowboys. It's the Giants without question. You know, I I had this hmm. thought last season. I, I picked the Giants to win the division last season when Tony Romo went down. I, I didn't see I didn't foresee the Dak Prescott, you know, uh, machine. I didn't foresee any of that. I don't think anybody did. I had them going six and ten last season. I had the Giants winning with the ten and six record. And I think it's going to be about more of the same this season with the Giants. I think. 10 and 6, 11 and 5, that's going to be the New York Giants. That defense is just too good. Um, they'll keep them in a lot of games, regardless of Eli Manning's. You know, uh, Eli Manning is a two-time Super Bowl champion, so you can't completely discount him going into the season. He had some struggles last year, but that happens. No, no, no NFL quarterback, unless, you know, even well, I can make an argument even for Tom Brady, no NFL quarterback is going to have a stellar season every single year. You're going to have some doubt. I think that that was just the case for Eli last year. You know, and I don't think Odell Beckham's off-the-field antics or even the sideline antics really help with that. But maybe they can get him under control. And I think that they're going to be right there and they connect with the Cowboys. And I could even see them winning the division, to be completely honest with you. So we'll see how it plays out. I mean, with with the Eagle, I mean, with the with the Giants, and I absolutely agree. I understand what you're saying here with the, the defense. It's the offensive line in the running game that still has me pretty suspected. I'm just not sold on Ben McAdoo. I, I just, I'm really not. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, an 11 to five record last year. I get that, but I mean, still the offensive line, the running game is still in shambles. And I, from what I was seeing there, there's no depth on that defense outside of what they have at that point. One guy goes down. I don't know what could happen next with that. But there's a team that a lot of people have been falling in love with, and I believe they're going to be a good team. I don't think they're going to be a great team, but. I mean, you got to be a little nervous about the Philadelphia Eagles, especially when they got guys like Torrey Smith and Elshon Jeffrey, Zach Ertz, LeGarrette Blount running the football, and then that defense who was actually top 12 last year uh, coming back just as strong. Jay, we do this every year. <laughs> I know we do. We 
schedules every single year. They won three games in a row. And Yes. However, I just don't see them being anything more than a nine-win team. I just okay. don't. I think Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz still has, he still has some question marks. You know, I'm not completely sold on that kid. You know, I, I liked him coming out of college. I actually kind of wanted the Dallas Cowboys to draft him. You know, at the NFL level, uh, I think he's got the poise for it. But I just, I don't know. Uh, in a way, I get like a Blake Bortles vibe out of him. You know, so we'll, we'll see. Yeah. The Philadelphia Eagles, every single year, they go out and get, <laughs> they'll get one or two or maybe even three names, you know, or former names, like an Alshon Jeffrey, like a, uh, never pans out the way that everyone wants to hype it up prior to them. You know, honestly, we're just going to have to see. I, you know, we're not going to see in the first eight weeks. I think that they're going to be competitive, definitely. I don't see them anything worse than a seven-win team. I don't see them anything better than a nine-win team. So, I, I mean, we'll find out. And then you got to account for the fact that LeGarrette Blount was coming into a new, new offense. When you play with the New England, pa- new England Patriots, yes. you have the best, arguably the best coach in the history of not just the National Football League, but maybe even the game. You know, I mean, and if we can't, if we can't anoint him number one, he's got to be in the top three. Oh, without question. He's up there yeah. with Lombardi. He's up there with Bill Walsh. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Exactly. Bill Belichick will always be there, um, so in I, my opinion. I think uh, you play under Bill Belichick, and then you have arguably the greatest quarterback of all time to open things up for you in the run game. You know, I just felt Carson Wentz was not at that level. I don't know if he'll ever be at that level of a Tom Brady. So I, I don't, I just, you know, we're here at Blunt. We'll see. I do like Will Garrett Bourne. I just don't know how much the Philadelphia Eagles run game. I just really don't. All right, final question. Uh, Super Bowl predictions. Brock, give me yours. Go. Especially in the National Football League, you never, you never count oh, completely on your prediction. Right. Uh, it's, it's Absolutely. Every year. I, uh, I'm going to have to go with the Patriots out of the AFC. I do think that that's a safe bet. Okay. I don't see I don't see anyone out of AFC. I'm gonna go with the Patriots out of AFC. The uh, NFC is tough. Yeah, it is. Factors, but I think that this might actually be the year because what better story than the Green Bay Packers to come in to Minnesota for the Super Bowl <laughs> and win a Super Bowl in Minnesota? Yeah. I like this stuff, and I just. them I've actually and I'm just gonna say this right now I've actually picked them to not make the playoffs this year uh, I think there's I think there's gonna be a lot of teams in the NFC uh, and I think it's gonna be really tough and I feel like the Falcons will be uh, pretty much holding the holding the bouquet in their hand 
um, as one of those bridesmaids, um, in my yeah. opinion. Um, but um, he's Brock Baker out of Houston, Texas. He's custom made, custom paid, and custom fitted. Professional wrestler and veteran of the United States Air Force. Brock, thank you very much for taking time out of your busy day and good luck with everything. As we said, um, we served together in the military together. We're brothers for life, and I really do appreciate you coming on. Absolutely, man. I had a blast. I, I wish nothing but success for Turning Point. I think it will be successful. Just got to keep, keep with it. And uh, if any of your listeners would like to follow me on social media, please do. My Twitter handle, my Twitter handle is Cash underscore hooligan, and my Instagram handle is cash underscore money underscore cash underscore money underscore hooligan. Jake, I really appreciate your time, man. I, I, thanks for having me on your show. Anytime. Thank you very much. All right, that was uh, Brock Baker out of Houston, Texas. He is custom-made, custom-paid, and custom-fitted. He is a professional wrestler and veteran of the United States Air Force. We really appreciate him coming on here. When we come back, we're going to have more on the NFC East and my predictions. Continuing here on our 2017 NFL Blowouts. You're listening to Turning Points. Let's go to the NFC North. And let's start with the Chicago Bears. Okay, Colin Cowherd believes this team is going to go 2-14. and 14. I'm not going to go that low, but I'm going to go low. I'm going to go 5-11. and 11. I believe the Chicago Bears will be in a lot of games because of their defense. They're just not a good football team. I want to see what Jordan Howard can do. Can he go another great year like he did last year? Offensive line still has question marks. I'm not sold on Charles Leno off that left tackle side. I don't know why they gave him that extension, but we'll find out. I, still, I think their defense is going to take a step forward. I think they're going to be really good underneath Vic Fangio. But I'm not sold on John Fox as the coach. And I, I'm wondering right now, the clock has started. The clock has started on Mitchell Trubisky becoming the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears. But right now, we're going with Mike Lennon. Their first four games, they're going to lose. Okay, They got Atlanta. They got Atlanta coming to Chicago. They got at Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, and then Green Bay. Let me just say a few words on that. Good luck. Bears 5-11. and 8 Detroit Lions. Boy, we've seen this movie before over and over. But I believe with Jim Caldwell as the head coach of the Detroit Lions, these guys are going to average 8-9 to nine wins a year. They have got to fire Jim Caldwell. Man, I'm tired of watching him. they got to give a chance to Jim Bob Cooter, who's actually done a good job with this offense, has really brought Matthew Stafford back to life. Got that $135 million extension. The defense, though... I'm not sold on that defense. I really feel like they still missed the Dominican Sue on this. I want to see what Gerard Davis can do out of Florida, but I'm not really sold on the Detroit Lions. I think it's just going to be another year, 8-8, eight 9-7 eight, kind of team. 9-7, Minnesota Vikings. Everybody's looking at me like now like, wait, what? Did I stutter? I said the Minnesota Vikings will go 9-7. Everybody believes they're going to go like 7-9, and 8-8, eight and eight, but you know what? This team is not as bad as you all think. They're still got a very good head coach from Mike Zimmer. Here's some interesting numbers for you. 99.3, the rating of Sam Bradford. Okay, Sam Bradford had a 99.3 quarterback rating last year. 20 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. Now he was sacked 37 times. Do they have a bad offensive line? Without question. That is a terrible offensive line. I don't think they're going to get any better this year. But Sam Bradford has been able to stay comfortable in the pocket. He just needs to stay healthy. 
And then we're going to see what Dalvin Cook, rookie out of Florida State, can do. From what you see on the preseason right now, Viking fans are going absolutely crazy right now over Dalvin Cook. Well, I'll jump on that. I think Dalvin Cook will be pretty good. They also got Stefan Diggs, but I want you to listen up here, fantasy football fans. Listen to me right now closely. Looking at Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen had 937 yards last year and five touchdowns. The guy signed a nice contract extension over the offseason. They love him in Minnesota. He's a great story to talk about. you got to give this chance to the Minnesota Vikings. They still have a super caliber, Super Bowl caliber defense. Thank you. Super Bowl caliber defense. <laughs> Say that five times fast. But they do. I believe they'll keep him in games, and they're going to give Aaron Rodgers a little headache. That being said, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, 12-4. and four. Look, they got a really tough schedule. They got Seattle coming up for week one to go against Sheldon Richardson and Cliff Averill and all that, but it's still Aaron Rodgers. The offensive line has gotten a lot has even gotten better this year. Even though they, they went and got Jari Evans from New Orleans, they got Lane Taylor, they signed a three-year extension with him, they got David Battiari, he's one of the best line, left tackles. Brian Balaga, might be out for a little bit, but they got Don Barclay. They kept 11 offensive linemen. Keep that in mind. The defense, that is the biggest question mark. However, we have been hearing out of Green Bay right now that Don Capers has been bringing in some different techniques, some new defensive packages, and a really high on cornerback Kevin King. I really want to see what this kid can do out of Washington. 6'3 guy. I can't remember the last time the Packers had a 6-3 cornerback, but we're going to see it this year. I think this defense got a million times better with Ahmad Brooks coming in now, so that is going to be a great signing as well. And I'm really excited to see Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry continue where they're going here. This defense needs to play good football. I'm not saying great football. I'm not saying shut up, but I'm saying good enough football to keep that offense on the field. I'm really curious on the running game. Ty Montgomery, Jamal Williams. Aaron Jones, they kept all three of their draft picks for running backs. They kept them all. So you might, you might see a lot of different running backs in there, but I would definitely take a chance on Ty Montgomery. It's going to be interesting. 12-4, and four, Green Bay Packers. And also keep this in mind, Aaron Rodgers last year, 40 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. NFC East. Hope everybody's hanging in there. <laughs> We're getting through it here. We're getting through it. We're almost there here on Turning Points. So let's go to the NFC East. Oh, boy, this is interesting. This was an interesting – this was a tough one. I had to flip a few coins on this one. Uh, Redskins, 7-9. and nine. Look, I like Kirk Cousins. I like the offensive line. I hate the running game. The running game is just a joke right now. They don't have a running game. That's going to be a big problem. And how are you supposed to replace – I think I'm lying here – Sean Jackson and Pierre Garçon. That's two top-tier receivers out the door. I think Terrell Pryor will have an okay season. Jordan Reed still one of the best tight ends. That defense, though, there's a lot, a lot of rejections on that defense. defense. That kind of just makes me scratch my head a little bit. I'm going to go 7-9, and nine, Washington Redskins. And I think Jay Gurdon will keep his job. I hope. 8-8. Eight and eight. And I'm about to knock your socks off here. New York Giants. Here's my problem with the New York Giants. I don't believe that Ben McAdoo can do a good enough job as Tom Coughlin. I do like that he has brought in Steve Spagnola. That defense is still amazing, but they have zero depth behind these guys. That is the biggest problem with Jerry Reese. 
I am not sold on that running game. It's a disaster area. I don't know what Wayne Gallman's going to do, the rookie out of out of uh, Clemson, but I'm not really sold on the Giants here. I understand Eli Manning is still there. They got Odell Beckham Jr. They got Brandon Marshall. I think they'll have really good numbers, but I just feel like if there is a big injury with the Giants defense, that is going to be a struggle to get through. I still like them as I still like them at times, but I just don't buy. There's something missing with them. There's just something missing there. I understand they went 11 five last year. But I really believe that the Eagles are going to take a step forward. Now, I had a nice chat with Brock Baker. We're going to have that interview a little bit later tonight. And we had a good conversation about the Philadelphia Eagles. But you know what? He hates the Eagles. He will always hate the Eagles, you know, because he's a Cowboy fan. But I'm really interested on this team. And I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. And I'm going to give them a 10-6 record. I like Carson Wentz. I think Torrey Smith... And Alshon Jeffrey, if they could stay healthy, could be really dangerous. They got a very good tight end in Zach Ertz. Their running back, question mark. It's a question mark because you got you got Corey Clement coming out of Wisconsin. He was undrafted. You got Darren Sproles. He's still going to be versatile, still going to be nasty. LeGarrette Blount, though. Are we going to see LeGarrette Blount be able to go from New England to Philadelphia? Or is it going to be like DeMarco Murray all over again? So that's going to be very interesting to see as we go forward here. But I'm going to go Eagles. Carson Wentz, you got to step up your game. You have to step up your game. If you don't this year, then I'm telling you this right now, the Dallas Cowboys will win the NFC East. Why do I say that? Because they had one of the best offenses in the NFL last year. Dak Prescott's going to take a step forward. I even believe, and I can't believe people are even saying this right now, that, oh, Carson Wentz is better than Dak Prescott. Okay, here at Turning Points, we call that bull. I believe Dak Prescott is a billion times better than Carson Wentz right now. Okay, maybe they'll be battling it out at the end here. But that's what I want to see. I want to see the Cowboys and the Eagles battle it out for this division. I still believe the Cowboys have a top-tier offense. They have the best offensive line in the NFL, the Great Wall of Dallas Part 2. I get that. Now, with Ezekiel Elliott, even when he comes back from suspension or whatever happens with this whole ordeal, they're still going to be a very good ball club. Their defense, still a question mark. But Rob Marinelli is running things there. And their secondary, that's a big question mark there. So if Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys can outscore their opponents, they'll have an 11-win team. Because that's what they're going to have to do. That secondary really worries me. It's kind of like alarm bells. Like, seriously, there's no easy button from Staples on this one. So it's going to be interesting to see. But I'll go with the Cowboys. I just believe they got an amazing offense. And I think their defense will do just enough. 11-5. Let's go to the NFC South. Oh, boy. This was... I'm not going to lie to you. This, this was tough to get through. Because I don't believe in one team in this division that I believe can be a Super Bowl contender. I just... I really don't. And I'm going to go dead last, and I'm going to go Carolina Panthers. Now, look. Cam Noon looked good in his dress rehearsal. He was out there for about five seconds. Threw a nice touchdown pass. I'm really excited to see what Christian McCaffrey and Curtis Samuel can do. That offensive line really worries me. Everybody keeps talking about, oh, Matt Khalil was a great signing. Are you, I'm sorry, did we just lose track of our brain function here? Are we not aware that he is the king of holding calls? And Ryan Khalil is a billion times better than his brother. So I'm not sold on that at all, whatsoever. The wide receivers are still a toss-up. I still love Greg Olson. The defense, though, just don't know they're going to be okay without Sean McDermott. I just don't believe in the Carolina Panthers. They're a mess right now. 
I'm going to go surprise here, though, because I believe the New Orleans Saints are going to go 8-8. Eight eight. Here's why. You got Drew Brees. You still got a terrific wide receiver core. I mean, Brandon Coleman's going to take a step forward. Then, did I mention they still have Drew Brees? Their defense has looked not too bad. I understand it's preseason, but I've been seeing some really different things out of the Saints team in the preseason that really made me go, hmm, maybe this team might not be too bad. I got to go with the Saints, though. Sean Payne's still a very good coach. Drew Brees is still Drew Brees. Now, my biggest question mark, though, is Adrian Peterson. Is Adrian Peterson out of gas? Can Adrian Peterson get back what he had in 2009? Can he do it? I think Adrian Peterson is a terrific running back. He's a Hall of Famer, but you got to show something in New Orleans because I don't want to see that, you know, he was looking for $8 million a year. All he got was $2 million from the Saints. So it's going to be interesting to see. And that defense, led by Donnell Ellerby, I'm really excited to see that. Secondary, still a little shaky on. But I'm going to go Saints. Now here's the biggest shocker for you. Buckle your seatbelt. You ready for this one? You're on turning points with the turning point in the sports world. You don't get one anywhere else. Everybody's so high and mighty on the Atlanta Falcons. I'm not. 9-7 and they missed the playoffs. Let me tell you something. A Super Bowl hangover is still a Super Bowl hangover. I don't believe firing their defensive coordinator after the Super Bowl was the smartest move ever. I'm not sold on this team. I'm sold on their offense. I'm not sold on their defense. I don't believe a guy, Richard Smith, who turned dead last defense into 15th should be blamed for everything that happened. Everybody keeps forgetting about the conservativeness of Dan Quinn and Matt Ryan. I guess we forgot about that, didn't we? Should have ran the ball. Would have never lost this Super Bowl. But you're not going to get over this. You lost by 20. You, you had a 25-point lead in the Super Bowl. And you couldn't finish it? I don't care if it was Tom Brady. I don't care if it was the ghost of Otto Graham out there. You couldn't keep a 25-point lead? You're going to be kidding me. I'm not believing in this Falcons team. I don't care if they brought in Don Terry Poe. They have no depth on this defense. I'm not sold on it. I'm going to go 9-7 Atlanta Falcons. 11-5. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wait, what? Look, Dirk Cutter is a hell of a coach. I really like what James... I, I, this is the biggest question mark, in my opinion, though. It's Jameis Winston. He came off a year, 35 touchdowns, 18 interceptions, though. 18 interceptions. Let's think about that. But he has Deshaun Jackson, and he has clearly the best wide receiver in the NFL with Mike Evans. In the NFC, I'll go with. Mike Evans is still an amazing wide receiver. The running backs, I'm not too... I, I don't know. I mean, they let Jerry McNichols, their fifth-round rookie, uh, go out the door here during hard knocks. Thank you for that, by the way. And with that, I love their defense. That's one thing I'm really excited about is that Mike Smith, who has been a terrific defensive coordinator since he got into the NFL, before he became the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, had a top-10 defense everywhere he went. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Jameis Winston, you have to step up your game. Because Dirk Cutter is not going to wait around. If Jameis Winston does not have a good year, you might see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers draft a quarterback next year. So bring it, Jameis, because this is it. The spotlight is on you. Let's see how you do under the pressure. So 11-5, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they make the playoffs. NFC West. 
All right, 49er fans, let's let's sit down. Let's let's have a talk here. Here, have a seat on the couch. Can I get you anything to drink? Okay, I want you to just brace yourself here. You're going to be fine. Is it going to be a good year? Not really. Are you going to have a scrappy year? Yes, because general manager John Lynch has come in and made some brilliant moves. I really loved his draft. I think getting C.J. Beathard out of Iowa, keep this also in mind. He brought in Matt Barkley and Brian Hoyer. Guess who the number two quarterback is? Rookie out of Iowa, C.J. Beathard. And Beathard was very impressive in the preseason. So we might not see Brian Hoyer for longer than maybe eight games. But this is a year where, you know, you're rebuilding. you got a very good head coach in the making, hopefully, with Kyle Shanahan. Let's go hopefully. But Kyle Shanahan has shown a little bit already. This 49er team is excited to start playing football. Are they going to be good? No, they're not going to be. They'll be a 4-12 and team, but they're going to make some, one of these teams in their last five games see red because that will be the eliminator to the playoffs. So watch out for the 49ers later on in the year, but 4-12. Los Angeles Rams, now that makes sense. 8-8. Eight eight. I like Sean McVay. 31 years old, coming in. He's brought a new energy to this team. However, I'm going to say this right now about Les Snead. Would you get Aaron Donald back in there, please? You do realize he's the best defensive tackle in the NFL, right? Best defensive tackle in the NFL. Let, let's say that one more time. Best defensive tackle in the NFL. And you're giving him $1.85 million? You can't come to a point. You can't come to a contract. Well, that's got to make Wade Phillips annoyed. But I think Wade Phillips is going to bring a very good uh, energy to this defense. I think this team is going to be energetic. I think Jared Goff, you got to show up this year. If you don't show up next year and this year, you're out the door. Because they're not going to wait around. Uh, they got, you know, they still got... Tavon Austin. They brought in Robert Woods. So I'm really looking forward to that. They got Sammy Watkins. If he can stay healthy, he's an electrifying football player. I believe the Rams are going to be an 8-8 eight eight team, but I think it's going to be a strengthening 8-8, eight eight, not just, oh, they're 8-8. Eight eight. You know, just like with Jeff Fisher. Terrible coach. Wild card team for the NFC is going to be the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals still have a very good defense. They're healthy with Tyron Matthew coming back and Patrick Peterson. They still have a very good off, uh, defense as well. I'm really looking forward to see what Hassan Riddick can do for this team. I think that's going to be interesting. Carson Palmer, I think, you know what, Palmer is, he's heard the noise. I think he's going to have a very good year. Offensive line is still really good. They have David Johnson. 16 touchdowns last year. 16! You don't think he's going to eclipse that? Still Bruce Arians team. I believe the Arizona Cardinals are going to be a very good football team. And I think they're going to battle it out with the Seattle Seahawks. Because, you know what? Getting Sheldon Richardson was a good move. But they're still going to have one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. Jordan Fant out for the year. So, now that's a big step. Now, that's a big problem there. So, Jordan Fant is out for the year. And your offensive line wasn't very good last year. But you still have Russell Wilson. You still got Doug Baldwin. You got Jimmy Graham coming back 20 pounds lighter. I think it's going to be really interesting to see what this team can do. And they also have the Legion of Boom. They also still have, they brought in Sheldon Richardson. I mean, buckle your seatbelts. And they're going to be going against Aaron Rodgers in week one. How sweet is that? That's going to be awesome. And it's going to be a Lambeau field. So I think it's going to be a good year. 
And I really believe that the Seattle Seahawks and the Green Bay Packers are going to meet more than once. We'll get to that in a minute. Seattle Seahawks go 12-4. and four. All right, so there we go. We've gone through all the divisions here. Now we're going into the playoffs. And keep this also in mind. we got Michelle Bruton of Bleacher Report joining me very soon to uh, talk some Packers. She has some big-time updates regarding uh, Lane Taylor and Ahmad Brooks, so we're going to get into that as well. Also, don't forget, we got Brock Baker. Uh, he had his interview as well. And we'll also have uh, Chris Clark. So let's get to the playoffs here. And we're just going to go right to the championship, okay? We're not going to go through the wild cards and all this kind of nonsense. Let's just go to the. Let's just go to this. Raiders at the Patriots. If I believe that the Raiders could get that number one seed and get the New England Patriots to come to them, might be a different story. Or do you think so? Get to that in a second. And the championship game for this year will be the Green Bay Packers at the Seattle Seahawks. Look, here's the thing with the Packers, okay? You have to step up. You have to show something. You have to prove that you're not just a hype machine. That you get into the championship game and you lose badly to the Atlanta Falcons last year. Seattle Seahawks, what they call the Emerald City Miracle. Still rolling my eyes over that one. But if the Green Bay Packers want to get to the Super Bowl, they have to show up. They have to. So prove me wrong. Here's the thing. Even though I give all these picks and I'm analyzing the daylights out of this, Let's also keep this in mind, though. Let's keep this in mind, though. I still want to be proven wrong because that's the great thing about the NFL. It's parody. So I would love to see the Packers in the Super Bowl, but you know what? I'm not sold on them yet. So prove me wrong. The Seattle Seahawks will be in the Super Bowl against the Oakland Raiders. That's right. I went there, football fans. I went and bought the ju- bought the juice. I'm in the cult. I'm going with the Oakland Raiders to pre- to represent the ASC in the Super Bowl. And I also believe, and maybe I'm going Peter King on you, that the Oakland Raiders will win the Super Bowl. Yep, you're all looking at me like I'm crazy. Well, in a good way. Storm Bates said in Psycho. We all go a little crazy sometimes. I just go crazy in a good way. So I'm going Raiders and Seahawks in the Super Bowl this year. And I believe the Oakland Raiders will be Super Bowl champions. How sweet would that be, Derek Carr? But I mean, if the Patriots do get there, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Like I said, I like to be proven wrong sometimes on my predictions. But I'm going to go Raiders and Seahawks. Why did I go that way? Because nobody else did. So I'm going to take a shot at it. So that'll do it for our 2017 NFL blowout. Man, a lot of predictions. Or also keep this in mind, and I know there's somebody out there. I'm also a fan, I am the anti-Matthew Barry. I do fantasy football in a different way. So if you want to build championships, just sound off on my Facebook page. Find me, comment, message me, whatever you want, and I'll give you what you need. Because I'm the anti-Matthew Barry. I'm not going to just give you picks because I choose to. I'm going to give you matchups that are going to help you make your choice. Because that's what fantasy football is all about. It's matchups. It's not about having the most talented team. It's about the matchups for those talented players. It's people like you that really help me get it, uh, make these dreams come true. 
So we're going to have another Turning Points coming up on Friday, and that'll be a lot of fun. We're going to have our show every Monday and Friday right here. So it's going to be pretty much throughout the NFL season, Mondays and Fridays. Also, don't forget, you can also tune in. I do play-by-play for Region Sports Network. Uh, We do Illinois and Indiana football games, high school style. Have a lot of fun with Bill Hazen. I mean, he is such a treat to do football with, and it means a lot to me to be part of that. So make sure you tune into that. Go to www.regionsports.com. You can tweet me anytime, day or night, at at Jake Turner Show. You can go to my Facebook page, or you can go to, if you want to look up all Chicagoland high school sports, go to facebook.com slash Chicago Preps. Well, that's it for our turning points here. I hope you guys all enjoyed this turning point to the sports world because that's exactly what it's going to be. Takes that you don't see anywhere else. No agendas. Uncensored, unfiltered takes. Always the best. Have yourself a great night, everybody. This is Jay Turner signing off. You have just left the turning point of the sports world. Enjoy the NFL season, and we'll talk to you on Friday. 